It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 21 years after an upstate New York college student disappears, a new iHeartRadio original podcast sheds new light on the case this season we explore the disappearance of suzanne lyle he calls up and his statement is did you know Susie was missing we follow her footsteps and dive deep into her world searching for answers i'm phoebe lafave and this is upstate unsolved listen on the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you get podcasts august 8th welcome back buddy yeah um, man glad you, to be uh, here you know, you disappear for a few days and nothing happened. You didn't miss anything. Nothing, right? Nothing, nothing. in the, world, nothing in the sports world. No uh, visiting dignitaries. Nothing happened. So you <laughs> nice. left at a good time. There was a dearth of news. I feel, like, I feel like Lance, every time he leaves town, something major happens in the Cincinnati sports world and something similar happens. Lance's uh, spidey sense just starts tingling. He could be on the beach in, like, <laughs> you know, Fort Lauderdale. I'd be like, oh, God, I saw something coming. Something happening in a force right now. So let's uh, clarify all this sports stuff here on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Richard Skinner, Local 12. Skinny, how you doing? Good. How are you guys today? Excellent. Good, buddy. So let's uh, delve into this uh, Reds thing for just a second. I mean, it's been, you know, it's gone, been gone over, of course. But uh, in the aftermath, and once the dust is cleared, Skinny, w- what are your thoughts? I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, you essentially traded, and again, this is not – one for one, but you essentially traded Tanner Roark uh, for Trevor Bauer, and that's an upgrade in your rotation. And you weren't going to sign Tanner Roark at the end of the season anyway. Uh, Trevor Bauer has a year of arbitration next year, um, so he'll be in your rotation for at least four months of next year. And then you make a decision on whether to sign him long-term or whether to flip him. You know, I, I know people went a little gaga over losing Taylor Tremello, who was the top prospect, but um, if you look at his numbers, as he's gone up each rung from rookie to class low A to high A to now double A, his numbers have gone down every step he's moved up. Yeah, I saw that. So I'm, I'm not so sure that that was all that big of a loss. To, to me, the guy I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed I lost was a pitcher named Scott Moss, um, who was uh, in Double A and actually was being pretty effective. But I, I thought, all told, they did a pretty good job. They weren't going to sign Scooter Jr. at the end of this year, so they got at least something for him. The Puig one, I know uh, people probably are angry about, but he's going to be a free agent. He's going to be do some some big money. And the other part to him too is, you know, if, if they really want him. I think they can probably afford him if they want to go back out and get him next year on the open market. I'm not so sure they do want to do that, but they could. So I, I think all told, I, I thought they did a pretty solid job. Skinny, could you help me with something? And I tried looking this up to understand it, but help me out. So when the Reds traded uh, Taylor Trammell, they, or one of the trades, they get a player to be named later. What determines that? What, de- what determines the caliber of player you get? How does that work? Yeah, usually that's kind of agreed upon that, that, that hey, here's a list of guys from A-ball. Okay. Um, and it's usually not a high-end prospect. It, it's almost always a, a low-end prospect. So they'll give you a list of guys, and you'll, you'll make that determination um, at, at some point. But it's, 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 it's very rarely ever a high-level prospect. Okay, so it's a list. There's six names on it, and it's got to be one of those at the end of the year. Right. The rest will say, ah, we like this left-handed pitcher out of all that Correct. position. We'll take him. Okay, Correct. got it. Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, 
Well, let's switch to the Bengals. What are you seeing so far, Skinny? I know you've been spending a lot of time at camp. Yep, I'm down here right now as we speak. They're uh, kind of fishing, finishing up some, some stretching and, and getting ready to do some, some installation of, of offensive and defensive plays. They've only had the one padded practice on Wednesday. The defense uh, defense dominated the offense, and I guess the optimistic side of that would say, well, maybe the defense is going to be that much better. It was a defensive struggle last year. The pessimistic side would be, well, the offense didn't really look good in that practice. But, again, it was, <laughs> it was, was one practice. Um, you know, they got Billy Price back today. The starting center, he is, he, this will be his first practice today. I don't think he'll take part in a ton of it, but he'll, he'll be part of it. Um, and I think that'll help a little bit. And, and left guard is, is the open spot. And, and really the offensive line struggled a good chunk of, of that padded practice on Wednesday. But you're also, Rod, you've seen this too. I mean, not only with a new staff, but a, but a week into your first training camp as a new staff, you're probably not going to look all that smooth. And so it, it didn't look all that smooth. It looked like, uh, and especially all the things that Zach Taylor wants to do with his offense with motions. Uh, alignments, misdirection, bootlegs, play-action passes, uh, it's not going to look very crisp in that first padded practice. So I think, you know, we get that first litmus test. It's coming up quick uh, a week from tomorrow in Kansas City, um, and they won't have a, had a lot of practices under their belt. So I think this is still going to be a complete work in progress all the way through the preseason to see what this team finally looks like uh, opening weekend in Seattle. No, you're absolutely right, which, I mean, to that point, though, that that's why I can't understand a few days ago when – they're in shells, but we're only going to go half speed kind of thing. You don't get two practices a day anymore to, to work on things. You only get one. You only get a certain amount of practices in pads, to my knowledge, and you, you kind of waste yep. one of those on a on a 50 75% deal. I, I don't get that, but look, that's neither here nor there. Well, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, I, I heard Carl Lawson, is, he was coming off the a, ACL injury last year. He's practicing and looked pretty good the other day, correct? He looked, he looked great. Um I talked to Carl in the spring. Um, he did not do any organized team activities or mini camp, but, but he talked about how he was going to come back uh, stronger and faster than ever. He felt really positive about that, and uh, he really looked good the other day. And it, it didn't matter if it was Cordy Glenn um, who he got around for a sack. He said he had three. He, he made sure he let us know that he had three sacks in that practice. I, I know he was close on a couple, and you know it's hard to tell because quarterbacks can't get tackled. It's, it's sometimes two hand touch back there. But I will say Carl was really disruptive. He, he dominated Andre Smith and, and, and certainly did well against uh, almost every other tackle he faced. They moved him around at different spots. He was standing up almost like a linebacker at times. I, I, was, I was very impressed and talked to Carl a little bit today. And he's, I think he's looking forward to kind of a, a bounce-back season, both production-wise. He only had a, a sack last year and, and missed a bunch of time because of that knee injury. Right. I think he's looking forward to a really big season. And if he, he's in the condition that, that he was in, uh, we saw uh, on Wednesday, and plays that way. He can be a force for sure. How about the receivers? What are you seeing? There's a young guy is, named is, is, is Ross stepping back up, or is he still is sitting he practicing there? yet, or no? I don't He's know. not practicing. Still has the hamstring. It's probably going <laughs> to be another week plus. They keep saying day-to-day, but we were told, we were we heard a couple of, three or four days ago, there's probably going to be a couple of weeks. So John is still not going and, and uh, probably won't for a little period of time. Obviously, he's down with A.J. Green. But there's a kid named Damian Willis, an undrafted free agent out of uh, – out of Troy State, who has done done enough in practice and has really shown up. I mean, he, he, he's one of the guys. He just he, occasionally a guy will do that. He'll just pop off the off the field at you and go, "Wow, that guy!" But obviously, he did enough to show the coaches because they started having him run with the first team a little bit uh, on Wednesday's practice. That first padded practice. I'll be interested to see how much he gets with the first team today. They won't start doing live stuff till about three thirty. Um, but I think they think an awful lot of him, and, and rightfully so. He has certainly shown up and performed very well. Uh, Skinny, do you see any scenario where, let, let's say this, uh, and to me, inexcusable 
ham coming into camp with a hamstring injury and missing uh, over you know what's going on over a week Stutter. here. Yeah, I, I I don't. I mean, do you see a scenario where if this lingers into next week, or you say he even misses that first game, the Bengals again being a new staff, they're not tied to John Ross. They didn't scout him. Do you see a scenario where they could just cut bait with him and say, "Look, I'm just not dealing with this this kind of deal anymore." I, I, I don't only because uh, you know he's in year three of that four year rookie contract, and I think with a first round pick, especially you're gonna you're gonna you know turn that rock over as much as you possibly can. I talked to Bob McNell, the wide receivers coach, the other day. I was actually talking about Damian Willis, but we got into talking about John a little bit, and he spoke very glowingly of John and, and with high praise of John and the things they think John can do in this, this new offense. So, uh, I, no, I don't rock that. I, I mean, if, if, if somehow he goes through this year with more injury issues and let's say the production isn't there when he does play and, he, and if he has a hard time catching the ball, then maybe after this season. Mm-hmm. But, Man, it takes an awful lot, especially for a first-round pick, when you have right. him under that four-year rookie deal to, to get right. rid of him. It has to be egregious. And for John, it's not been egregious. It's just been, in some cases, he hasn't been good enough, and in some cases, he's, he's been hurt. But it is disappointing. That all, you know, you start training camp, and, and he's not being a member of it. I, I was reading, uh, I, who was it? It was Jay Morrison kind of went back uh, on The Athletic, was went back and, and just tallied the games that you know the Bengals kind of their win loss record with, with without, and without AJ Green, AJ Green. And, yep, and I believe yep. over less over he's missed seventeen games from twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen in their record now span is five eleven and one hey, and and they're scoring like I think five or more less points per game when when he's not in versus when he's in I, I mean with again with him now first of all have you seen any Heard any more indications of how serious the injury is or in rehab sort of you know, timetable, that sort of thing? Yeah, they, they've not put a, a specific timetable on The initial one was six to eight weeks, and no one seems to be wavering from that. AJ's not been around uh, since the surgery. He had the surgery on it on Tuesday. They deemed it obviously minor surgery. But I, I think whenever you hear that time frame, I always tend to think pessimistically, and I, I, that's, yeah. that's probably usually the way it is. I mean, I targeted September 30th, that Monday night game against Pittsburgh. That just – based on, on everything we know, the fact that even Zach Taylor said he's going to miss a couple of games. Um, you know, you miss a couple, there's a chance you probably miss another one as you get yourself back into, into football condition and, and get everything 100% right. And, and, again, being a Monday night game and an extra day of a week, I, that, that's kind of the, the, the one I circled on my calendar for, for A.J. Green to come back, that Monday nighter in Pittsburgh game number four. All right, well, that's Skinny. We'll let you go, man. You bet, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Skinny, too, bud. There's uh, Richard Skinner, local 12. It's funny. He was talking about how, you know, the, the I guess the defense had a great practice the other day right. and his coaches were all upset. That is the fundamental rule of football, okay? And I know this from being a, a frustrated defensive player. If the defense had a great practice, right, we kicked ass and had interceptions and all that, at the end of the practice, coach like, I can't believe this practice was so terrible and you guys got to come out tomorrow and you better get your heads out of your know-whats because we're not going to win any And we're like, we just had an amazing practice. But if the offense just dices yeah. the defense, yeah. oh, oh, my God, guys, that, that is what I'm talking about. Yeah. That is what, what we want to see. And we're like, <laughs> so if the offense has a good practice, it was a great practice. If the defense has a good practice, it was terrible. The offense That's sucked. The yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that the defense was good. It's that the offense was so that's that is you ask anybody has played. That is how it goes down, no matter the coach. Ah, oh, this guy missed you. Oh, Rob. He was like a puppy. Oh, how are you? I did. Outside the door I there. Scratching you. Can you hear the me? Door in Hello, is this the on? There we go. Yeah. It helps to turn the headphone <laughs> volume up when it's on. 
<laughs> Something they teach you in broadcasting school. Broadcasting school. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> good. How are you doing? Good. I missed you. I'm so glad oh. I'm back. Well, I'm glad you're back, too. Very good. Saw you oh, okay. Away. Enough. <laughs> Move along. Nice shoes, too, today. Yeah, I do have my good ones on. He is all dressed up. What's up with that? Yeah. Well, I got somebody's got to wear good clothes around here. It's not going to be Willie. I guess is Rachel coming in this afternoon? I don't think so. That's her birthday. Oh, I think she's out all liquored up. Happy birthday, Rachel! (laughs) From the UC Health Traffic Center. She can't hear you. From the UC Health Traffic Center. Yeah, they don't play the WLW and the Uber, do they? No. From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health's addiction service. Well, we just talked to Richard Skinner about the training cab. Now we got a guy who's there, too. Tony Pike, how are you? What's going on, guys? How are you? You tell us, brother, what's going on down there. Uh, well, positive day, back out in the pads. And, and I think, it, you know, before practice even gets underway, the announcement that Billy Price uh, is back, cleared to practice, so you get your starting center back in there. You start to get a little bit more of a feel of what this offensive line is going to look like. Defense uh, clearly won in Wednesday's practice, so you think with Billy Price back, we'll see if the offensive line can take a step forward. And some of this defense is showing they've only been through walkthroughs at this point, uh, but they're taking some snaps right now with a defensive front four of Sam Hubbard, Carl Lawson, Geno Atkins, and Carlos Dunlap. Uh, almost more of a three-down front at times where they're using Sam Hubbard and Carl Lawson, uh, both either rush or be able to drop back in coverage. And seeing the athleticism of both Hubbard and Lawson, I think it's a good move by Lou Anarumo, and I think it's something that could change up this defense and get four of your better playmakers out there on the field at once. Tony, I don't know if at any point in your career like you, you, had, you were established and then all of a sudden had – uh, a new coach and a new scheme, but explain to, to, to everyone just what goes into, again, Andy Dalton and, and these receivers, a lot of them they've been playing together at least a few years, come in, now there's a completely new system, new terminology, new verbiage. Explain some of the, the things that are tough about learning a new system, especially this early. Well, the, the terminology, and terminology and the verbiage can be easier to get past. You're talking now when a system like Zach Taylor wants to put in, he wants to be one of the fastest teams in football so when you mess that up that means your formation's got to be exact your motion's got to be exact where guys are lining up and then the biggest thing for me which you get out of these live practices is the reps and understandings of okay in this offense maybe before a curl route was 12 back to 10 maybe now it's 10 back to 8 maybe a dig route is 10 to 12 and now it's 11 to 13 so it doesn't sound like much but when you're talking about the windows for a quarterback to throw in between a linebacker and a safety or a linebacker and a corner, that makes all the difference. So those are the little intricacies uh, that it's not so much in the film room that are tough to pick up, but getting back out here on the practice field and really only a limited amount of practices. We looked at the practice schedule today, off day yesterday, they're off Sunday, they're off Wednesday, and they're off next Friday. So really including today, four more practices before you get to see the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. That's uh, That's a tall task when you're, you're trying to implement a whole new system. Well, it's good to hear that Billy Price is back, though. Kind of, you know, the the forgotten man, really. Yeah, yeah, he has been. I mean, there's, you know, you don't know what the injury was. I don't think we've cleared up exactly what the injury was. But having him back in, this is a big year for Billy Price. It's a big year for the other guy that's still not practicing, John Ross. I mean, Billy Price was asked to do a lot last year as a rookie. He missed games, but he's now learning the system along with Andy Dalton, where Billy Price has to make calls. He's got to identify a linebacker. He's got to set the protection. 
Uh, so the more live reps that Billy Price gets, the better. And every day that passes that, that John Ross isn't out here, there's more of a hit to him and this offense as well. Uh, Tony, I've been hearing some good things about uh, rookie linebacker Jermaine Pratt. I, I loved him at, at NC State. What, what are you seeing from him? Yeah, I was watching him in individual drills today and then watched him specifically Wednesday. To me, he looked great. I mean, you're talking your first real NFL practice. Everything's going full go. He seemed to be in position and coverage. He seemed to have his fits going on well. And today, just watching him through individual drills where they're hitting the bag, uh, they're shedding the bag, and then they're picking up a fumble, he's clearly the most athletic, I believe, in that group. The biggest thing for him, and really the whole linebacker for Rocky, when you look last year, it wasn't necessarily where they were at. It's making plays in open space, whether that's right. a tackle, a uh, play on the ball in the air. That's where that linebacker core struggled in. Uh, you know, with the way that practices are set up in the NFL now, we really won't see that until next Saturday when you see these guys actually take guys to the ground. Because that's the next test for not only Pratt, but this whole linebacking core is they were so bad last year in space against running backs and tight ends. Can that improve this year at all? All right, with that, Tony, we'll let you go. We'll talk to you again in a couple hours, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tom. Full.com. So you're in the VIP section last night at the yes. rally. And I was sitting there with my beautiful bride, and we're looking at, as soon as he came on stage, I'm like, we got to watch the streaming. And I'm looking all over the place. I didn't see you, but apparently you were like, the next row or two up yeah, from we were where like, the camera was. Yeah, we were like the sixth row, but really the camera only got like the first like three rows. Three so we or four. We were, like, we were still shot. a couple away, but uh, a couple of shots here and there I think people saw. But uh, no, it was cool. It was. I told you I was on with you guys yesterday, but I, I mean, to the, just to give people a, an idea of just how big of an event and you know electric event it was. I mean, I literally at one point this is before he even spoke. I scanned the entire building. I was like, I want to find an empty seat. I want to find a section where there's like, you know, three or four or five seats right. where the, that are empty. And you couldn't find it, man. I, I mean, mm-hmm. literally. So you're scanning all the way around. And you look, and even in the, the top, top row, way back in the corner, people are sitting. And then, to give you an idea, directly behind me, way up, was the gigantic American flag, right? And there were people sitting behind that. Like, wow, literally, okay. like, sitting behind the Jumbotron, they're sitting behind the American flag. Not, no way they can see the, the president. So they, these people that were there sat for five, stood for five hours in the heat in a line to get there, to sit there just to be a part of it. I, I, it's, it's amazing. So let me, let me ask you about the whole process. You talk about standing in line and stuff. So you got down there super early. We talked about that yesterday. Mm. So you got down there, what, about you said like 2, two o'clock? o'clock 2 think, o'clock yeah. is when we walked up on the, the main concourse on the west side. There. And how did – but you had the VIP access. Did you just walk right in? No, we still you know, we still waited for a little while. And then, you know, they kind of bring – you know, there's other people obviously had, like, you know, VIP section seats. and But they brought you in in, like, like groups. So they kind of take, like, you know, f- you know, whatever, 20 people – and then they bring you in and do the security and go through all that and take their time. And then, like, a half hour goes by. Then they bring, like, another 20 in, gotcha. that sort of thing. But we were still sitting down in there, you know, by you know, 4 o'clock or so. Okay. And it was already starting to starting to fill up. Uh, I, let, let me say this. Like, I I, I know that people that, that don't like Trump, they, they often talk about there's, like, this, like, almost cult mentality 
of people. And I, I get why they say that. I really sure. do no. because there's people that you look around and that, that you literally believe like that guy would jump in front of a car for Donald Trump. He's never met him, never, never will meet him. But they, you get the idea they would do that. So I understand when the other side says, what is this with this cult mentality? Why? This is crazy that they revere this guy they've never met so much. And, and I, I can't understand why. I mean, I know some degree why. But I, I think there is, and there's certainly something to that. People are, are fiercely, fiercely loyal to him. And I don't think it can ever be, I don't see how it can ever be duplicated. You know, maybe it will be, maybe some other electric right, sure. kind of personality like that that someone will, will get behind. But it, it, it's hard to imagine because, I mean, you've heard Willie talk about the John, when John McCain came to town, same thing, presidential election coming up in 2008. Right. And they had to let people off of work. They had to let the courthouse out of work just so people would show up so it wouldn't be a total embarrassment. And here there are. There's people sitting behind the giant, the giant American flag, not being able to see one thing but just want to be there. It's pretty wild. So as far as the rally itself went, though, you you said you had to be in your seat and not move after, what was it, about 4.30? Like, like 4.40, 4 they're like, yeah, oh, since you're golly. in this, you can't leave to use the bathroom or anything, or you're Nothing. losing your seat. So, I didn't so drink then, what, did they just escort somebody right in and sit there? So you didn't have anything? Could you take water and whatnot? But yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, but there, well, there was concessions. Like, it, like, like one side of the of the arena had some concessions. So I went and got a, like a pretzel and, you know, pop for my dad, me, you know, pop for me and, and it's hot, so you're sitting here guzzling this thing, and they're like, "Yeah, in about an hour here, right. once you get up, you can't come back." So, you know, you went and used it real quick, and just kind of, kind of wait there with it. Let's talk to Kevin about it. Hey, Kevin, so what was going on with you, buddy? You didn't get in. No, no, I was kind of uh, haphazardly interested. My- with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. But he said, hey, let's go down. We'll get a beer. So he's calling me at 5 o'clock. says, we're leaving. we got to go. So we get down there about 5.20, get in line. And I think it had to be at least an hour later before we wound back and forth through the line and saw all the guys selling this stuff. Mm-hmm. We get to the door. There are three people in front of us, including a lady in a wheelchair. Secret Service walked up to the, the doorway. And he says, we're all done. Sorry, guys. Close the door. So you were like three people away oh, from wow. getting in? <laughs> we were right there. Kevin, my buddy could have oh, killed me. I'm sorry, I told man. him I'd buy the beer if, if we didn't get in. And <laughs> should have told the cop you'd buy him a beer. Right, right, really? Right. Exactly. <laughs> cool, right, buddy. Bro. Better luck next time, man. Uh, hey, <laughs> yeah, hey uh, Mike, how about you? What do you got to say? Hey, guys. I try to give people an experience of what it was like. 
Imagine if you're there with about 18,000 of people that all think the way you do. You're all rooting for your team. Your team is winning. Your causes are being championed in a non-biased way. Your kids can hear conservative ideas expressed without bias. <laughs> people are pro-life or pro-family or anti-tax, and everyone's cheering wildly for it. They're happy. They're nice. People are in a good mood. There's nothing like that anywhere else. There's no other entertainment experience like that. I, I agree with you. Adlin, he's, I, yeah. he's hilarious too. Yeah, I, I, be hilarious. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Mike. And I mean, and look, I you know I do college football games, right? And so you're in some of these big time stadiums and you know great fan bases, the Swamp, and you know down at um, oh god, what's uh, Kyle Field down at uh, Texas A and M? Gotcha. And th- this almost, I mean, I would say surpassed the energy in terms of energy inside a building because of, of everybody's there's all on the one team and all kind of together, and there's just something kind of unexplainable about it let's talk to chris chris what do you got buddy yeah uh i'm i'm 57 years old i just went to my first political rally last night uh it was something to behold um i believe everything that the uh uh, trump believes in um the, the point i'm wanting to make is my wife hated me for going down there i have to actually fall, throw on my, myself on the sword to cancel her votes. And uh, <laughs> so I'm taking one for the team. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you, Chris. Cancel <laughs> my wife's vote. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, and, and I, I told you that my yesterday, and I'll say it again, my main observation just of you know being down there observing, trying to take everything in is the media narrative and people say the polling and this and that says – Women, middle-class women, upper-middle-class women don't like Trump. They won't show up for him. I did not, I mean, real life, in person, I did not see that at all. And and it's amazing because I was just scrolling through Twitter uh, before during the break, and Jason Williams wrote a nice column on everything, and he was talking about some things. And somebody commented like, well, it looks like from the rally, Trump has the uh, angry white men over 50 vote locked up. And I was like, no, that's not correct. Like, it, I was there, and... Politics aside, just, I mean, objectively, there was as many women as there were men there. Well, you said that yesterday. Yeah, I, but, you know, that narrative, people kind of keep preaching that narrative, but uh, I, I feel like people are going to learn the, the hard way come election time that that may not be the case. we got John Matteries coming up, our usual Friday visit, but now what's going on with you, Rob? I got my headphone volume up this time. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> You're learning, Rob. So great. Who's a good boy? <laughs> when did you become an intern here? I, just curious. I just want to say I'm grateful for the opportunity. Uh-huh. From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health Cincinnati. All right, Rock, as we do every Friday. Love talking to this guy. On the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline, John Mattery's Channel 9. Don't waste your money. Johnny, how you doing? Not bad. Are you shopping? Are you shopping? It's the sales tax holiday. You know, I, I totally had forgotten about that, and my wife and I were walking through the mall today, and she was looking at something to buy, and the lady goes, you know, because it was like $79 or something, mm-hmm. anything over seventy nine or $75, you don't have to pay tax on or something. Yeah, yeah, it's the sales tax holiday, and, you know, you're, you're – you're probably saying, well, I don't have any second graders anymore. You know, why do I have to deal with this and go to the stores this weekend? Well, because any clothing item, you're right, $75 or less, 
is tax-free in the state of Ohio through Sunday. And, and that means that, uh, you know, you can go out there and buy a gift for the wife or something, and as long as it's under $75, it's tax-free. It doesn't have to be school clothing. That's, that's the beauty of it. So you can go out and, you know, and buy some stuff, stock up. Uh, Eddie, you can go check out the moms, the ladies, you know. I know you Oh, like yeah, to- that's what I was, <laughs> why do you think I was at the mall? I let my wife go shopping, and I'm just scrolling, like, what a, man. What a great weekend to go to the mall. <laughs> uh, I mean, as I wrap my head around you and uh, the, the image of – Eddie, you and Deb walking hand in hand through the mall. Yeah. Um, so, the, J- yeah. John, John, this is literally any, anything, anything in Ohio. Uh, yeah, any clothing, clothing items, $75 or less. Although, you know, some folks are complaining, saying, wait a minute, a pair of Nikes is like, you know, 110 bucks now, not 75 So you got to keep the price down. But if it's below 75 it is tax-free. Also, any kind of school supplies, office supplies, papers, staples, calculators, whatever, under $20. That's the key. It has to be under $20 per item. That's tax-free as well. So you can really save 25 30 40 bucks doing your school shopping oh. this weekend. John, so it's not yeah. bad. John, I, uh, no, no I, I need a new printer. Would that count? Ah, that's the problem. I think that printer costs above $20. <laughs> Even the printer ink these days costs more than No, I was going to say, if I, you got I think you can go to Target and get a good printer for about seventy bucks. Yeah, actually, no. The I think the printer's twenty, and each replacement ink cartridge is like a hundred. Oh, that, yeah. no go. doubt about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you can't buy a laptop. In some states, you can buy laptops and iPads and MacBooks this weekend, and I really feel Ohio should do that as well. Because come on, this is when parents got to buy a laptop. You still have to pay tax on it, so that's not covered by it. But all the little school supplies are. Best of all, you don't have to be in Ohio if you live in Kentucky. Live in Indiana. Heck, you can live in you can live in West Virginia. Just come across the border to Ohio, and it's tax free. They're not going to check you at the border. This is not the Mexican border. So, so John, <laughs> just to clarify, this is only in store. So, if I order something off of Amazon, I still got to pay. Ah, no, 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 no. You can order online. The key is they're not supposed to charge you sales tax if you put in an Ohio zip code. So you got to double check that. But Amazon says if you put in an Ohio zip code, you will not get sales tax this weekend. Yeah. Not All bad. Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, and how about your weekly visit to Kings Island? John, you just come clean with us. This is like our 10th week in a row with a story that you've given us about Kings Island. Are they paying you? It's okay Everyone to tell has us. asked me. So many people have asked me, A, what is Kings Island paying you? And B, how many free passes have they given yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And I will tell you that I purchased a $100 gold pass this season. Well, you're getting that unlimited drink cup for free, though, man. Well, come and, clean and right I guarantee now. you. <laughs> You're out there sucking down Dr. Pepper like there's no tomorrow. Now, here's what's going on now. There are now there's that secret construction area. I know I've talked to you about it half a dozen times. It's behind the racer. They're building something. Everybody believes they're building a big roller coaster that they're going to announce in a few weeks. Well, right now they're putting up little teasers, and they're putting up all these different posters of coasters on that wall. So that fence that's there uh, behind the racer where Firehawk used to be is now a fence covered with posters of all these different roller coasters. And, uh, oh, people are analyzing it and looking at the letters on it, and, and folks have determined that the, the letters on the poster of each roller coaster spends out, it spells out the end of the world as we know it. As in the REM song. What? (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like T-E-O-T-W, the end of the world as we know it, gotcha. is what those posters spell out. I hate this song. So uh, anyway, that, <laughs> that was a song of the day the other day. What are you was talking it? about? Yeah. Uh, what, so what if it's another Antique Cars oh. Part 2? <laughs> it's not going to be another Antique Cars. They're already building the thing. I mean, it's the world's worst kept secret. They're already building it. A giga uh, it coaster, looks, right? It appears to be, yeah. Everyone's saying it's going to be a giga coaster. That means 300 feet high, almost as Ooh. tall as the Eiffel Tower. Here's the date to watch for two weeks from today. I think it's two weeks from today is the International Roller Coaster Day. How about ah, that? International yeah. Roller Coaster Day. That is the day they announced antique cars last year. When they thought it was going to be a coaster last year, and it turned out to be antique cars. So yeah. <laughs> this year on Roller Coaster Day, the they're going to have days another of my life night. when they put out the antique cars again. <laughs> yeah, this year it's going to be an, another Scooby Doo ride. <laughs> but but <laughs> John, it's always, boob, it's, boob al- <laughs> it's always International Roller Coaster Day on your website, though. Right. <laughs> Brought to you by Kings Island. Island. <laughs> Give it a couple of weeks, and you'll see if I'm right. You'll see if I'm right in a couple of weeks. How about uh, phone scams? This social social security one, but I, yeah. was, I was telling Rock, me me and my wife have gotten this call saying that uh, we had to call this number about a student loan that we had outstanding or whatnot, and we don't have student loans to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, neither one of us do, obviously, but we didn't get one for the kids either, so yeah, yeah. it's a bunch of crap. Oh, it is. It's amazing. The phone calls people are getting, and the big one these days, you know, like a year or two ago was the IRS call, uh, you know, somebody with a foreign accent, hello, I call from IRS uh, about your right, taxes. Exactly. You know, <laughs> people are caught on to that one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Now it's the Social Security scam, and they call you saying they're with Social Security. Your Social Security number is being used to open up dozens of accounts. They need to freeze your Social Security number. They're very convincing. We actually did a story, and I've got it on WCPR.com, with a woman who lost $1,000. And she's not like 90 years old. You know, she's like 30. And she fell for it. She thought her Social Security number had been compromised. They said, you know, to fight this, you need to to stop this. Uh, You need to transfer some money into another account. And she did it. And she lost a thousand bucks. Unbelievable. Mm. I mean, it, she, she's not a dummy, but they're so convincing. Uh, you know, it's no longer, you know, Igor from, uh, from uh, Afghanistan. Well, You've got the problem with account. You know, they're much slip, uh, slicker now. See, that's the thing. I mean, this, uh, this thing we got about the student loan, this sounded like a very, 
you know, normal woman talking in very clear voice and no, there was no accent or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I, I, I told Deb, I guarantee you, you call that line back. She goes, I almost called him because I'm like, do we have a loan? I don't want no. I was like, I thought the same thing. Yeah. But I was like, I guarantee you, call that number back and some dude from India is going to pick up. Yep. Exactly. Oh, by the way, guys, before I go, thanks so much, Eddie, for co-signing that uh, student loan for my son. I really appreciate it. <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> we got to talk, Matteris. Uh, hey, guys, as always, have a good weekend, and don't waste your money. All right, go get some Kings Island scoops for us, would you? <laughs> yeah, unlimited blue ice cream in the kitty land. <laughs> thanks, John. Uh, he hung up on me. <laughs> Shut up, Boyman. I'm sure. It's, it's from the south of it. It sounds like everybody's giving him the business on that. That's right. He was sick of it. Uh, we won't hear anything about Kings Island for about a month out of him. <laughs> so coming up, it is Shark Week. Yes. How about that? So we're going to be talking to somebody from the Newport Aquarium about that very thing. Sharks. Are they getting a bad rep? Or should they be? Uh, should we be their friends? Or never you first. Never trust them. <laughs> But now the news. News Radio 700 WLW. Sharks, are they your friend or your foe? I feel like you can hear that there's more shark attacks this year, correct? We heard you know, different places. That's what it seems like. Is that fact or fiction? Well, let's talk to an expert in the matter here on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline from the Newport Aquarium. Kelly Sowers, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? We're we're doing great. Uh, Always nice to have a fellow UD alum on. Ah, that's right. (laughs) So how did you you get involved in uh, the study of sharks? Because I know that's one of your specialties. That is right. So I did graduate from UD. I get that question a lot, actually, because there's not a lot of oceans in Ohio. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> having gone there, I'm like, I don't remember the Oceanic Studies Institute. But uh, That's so, uh, right. Yeah. So I had, to, I had to take one for the team, and I had to do a, a little, little traveling. So unfortunately, I had to go to Australia and the Keys to study. So I, I took that one on and, wow. and mastered it. So yeah. That sucks. <laughs> so, uh, so what is it about sharks, Kelly? So, I mean, obviously there is a shark week, and this is been going on for years where a right. whole week devoted to sharks what what is the and, the and the ratings are through the roof, through the this roof. Week. so what is the oh. fascination with these things both from like outside like the public's view and then then yourself being an expert well, you know, there's a whole lot of things that draw people to sharks. It's the mystery, it's the danger, it's the mystique of them, right? So uh, if you talk to any one of us, every week is Shark Week. We work with sharks every day of the week here. Um, speaking for myself, I just got out of the shark tank this morning, um, so I can tell you that they're not man-eating machines. They get a bad rap. Uh, but one of the things, you know, we've all seen Jaws, and we've all seen the news articles when something comes out about a shark attack. Um, but really, that's, it's attention-grabbing, and they're flukes, and they are few and far between. Uh, I think uh, one, one of you just mentioned there's been some recent shark attacks, and when you think about it, we're in the summer. The water's warm. People are in the water. Sharks are coming up closer to the shore to get those nice warm fish. So it's just kind of the perfect storm, and it's not that we're being hunted. It's it's their natural behavior. So do they – because I've always heard that a shark will think that you're – if you're flailing about in the water, they think you're a wounded animal or a seal or, or, something. A seal or something. Well, sure, Is yeah. that true? 
Well, they I don't mean, know you're a human, in other words. They just whatever. Okay, you're making a lot of noise and a lot of weird motions. Check so it out and see if it's tasty. Go exactly, eat it. Exactly, <laughs> right? If you're an animal with a small brain and you're hungry, the first thing that you're going to go to is that easy prey item, which a surfer on a surfboard to a bigger shark is going to look like that seal. And if you look at shark attacks, um, the vast majority of them, the shark bites and spits us right out. We don't taste very good. We definitely don't taste like that seal that they're going for. So just like a baby or anything else, they, they explore their surroundings with their mouth, uh, and it's just, just kind of what happens. But if you talk to a lot of people that have survived shark bites, I think you'd be surprised about the number that are that would say, you know, I was, I was where they were. I was in their habitat. So it's not something we should be afraid of, but we should be respectful of. Kelly, uh, just, you know, and whatever, on TV or some, uh, some point, <laughs> I've heard that sharks have a, a sixth sense. So do they, and what is that sixth sense? Absolutely. So they actually have electroreceptors. So one of the ways, you know, their eyesight is limited. Some there's first off, I'm speaking in very broad terms because there's, you know, 500 or so different types of sharks. But one of the things they really use to find their prey is electrosensitivity. So they can sense the motion in the water. So you mentioned a sick fish. A sick fish is going to give off twitches and flails that is going to send the, the signal to the shark that, yeah, they're wounded and, and easy prey. So how about the the old, uh, I don't know, is it an old wives' tale that sharks can smell blood from about from five miles away or some such? Oh, it's not a wives' tale. Uh, they definitely can. Really? I mean, they're, they're, oh, yeah, they can smell a spot of blood from miles away. That is how they find their food. Once oh, again, wow. and then something injured is easy to go to. Uh, a big source of food for a lot of different sharks are actually dead animals that fall to the bottom of the floor. You know, they're scavenging. So they want to smell all that, all that blood and everything to draw them in. Exactly. God, huh. so, I mean, I mean, how many, <laughs> I mean, in a five-mile radius, how much? How many drops of blood can there be? I feel like there would be anywhere you could go. The shark could go. There would be something to eat on. Right, right but think about it. The blood's going to smell different. Our blood smells a lot different than you know an animal's blood is going to smell like. And these guys know what they are, what their normal prey is. They're going to go to something if they have eaten something and they smell that scent in the water. They're going to go towards that same smell again. So it's it's not necessarily that every time there's a drop of blood, it turns and it cranks right for wherever that comes from. Their brain is very small. When they're hungry, they eat. When they're not hungry, they sleep and swim. That's it. So is it true that a a shark has to stay in constant motion while it's sleeping or whatnot? Oh, that's a great question. So it is actually not true. So there are species. Yes, there are species of sharks that do have to swim in constant motion. Uh, Next time you're down at Newport Aquarium, which I'm sure you guys will tell me when you're going to pop in. Uh, I'd love so I can to. I want to swim with bit. the shark. Yeah. I want to take the big guy with me. They'll get him first. <laughs> Whoever's the slowest, just bring a slow swimmer with you, right? That would be me. But no, these, our, our, our biggest shark is the sand tiger shark, and it's, it's an obligate ram ventilator, which means it has to swim in order to keep the water flowing over its gills. But down in Shark Central, which is our smaller uh, shark tank, we've got California horn sharks that spend 90% of their day laying on the bottom because they have the muscles that push the water over their gills that those bigger sharks don't have. So, yes, some do have to keep swimming, but others do not. Kelly, can you give us, whether it was at the aquarium or I guess preferably out you know, in, in the wild, can you give us like a, a great story about when you were diving with sharks and you know, <laughs> big one or I don't know, something? Yeah, well, I've been really lucky to have a lot of interactions in a couple different ways. You know, when we're underwater, we do see sharks sometimes. Um, but when I, I used to work for another aquarium, and part of that was to catch and release and tag some bigger sharks. So the coolest thing I've ever pulled up is a, a 10-foot female great white shark, which was incredible. 
um, to look at her eye. The, the biggest shark, you know, I like to get in a room full of fishermen when they're talking about their big catches and be like, well, mine was a, a 16-foot thresher shark. No, no, no big deal. That, Ooh, your, that's your, big. your bass was pretty cute, but yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, what's that like, a 16-foot shark? I, yeah. mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's got to be pretty wild. It is, yeah, especially when you're in about a 26-foot Boston whaler, and this shark is, you know, more than half the size of your boat. It's incredible, but it's beautiful. It's awe-inspiring, and we are all in this business uh, to help these animals. So everything we're doing is to spread the word about, you know, it's really easy to joke, and with Shark Week to joke about, you know, them being man-eating animals. And we're actually, I was just talking to some coworkers this year for Shark Week. There's a lot more of kind of the science-based shows behind it, which is encouraging to see because it shouldn't be all about the scary tactics behind shark attacks, but the education, I mean, we, we do need them in the ecosystem, and they serve a great purpose, and they're amazing, amazing animals. And to them, we're a bigger threat to them than they are to us. So, Kelly, is there, you say there are over 500 different kinds of sharks. Is mm-hmm. there is there one or two breeds, for lack of a better way to put it, that are truly don't trust those guys? Like, well, you know, everybody, the great white, you know, everybody, you know, of course, that's an easy one from Jaws. Hammerhead, white. Hammerhead of hers one. Yeah. Is there anyone that just don't even mess with it? Well, there's some that have like um, a little bit of a, a know-how or a little bit of a reputation for being a little bit more aggressive. And there's ones that can be sneaky. You know, a bull shark can actually go into freshwater, which throws people off sometimes. You think you go into some of these freshwater estuaries and you're you're safe from sharks, but they do. They have the ability to go up there. But it's not that they're just more aggressive. It's just they're exploring with their mouth. And if you happen to be there. Oops. <laughs> they explore your shin. Explore <laughs> <laughs> your elbow. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. w- one final uh, question. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Kelly Sowers, I guess, from the Newport Aquarium. Do you ever want to hear Baby Shark again? Never. I would be so happy if I never heard that song again. <laughs> I appreciate what it does. You know, it's brought a lot of people into the aquarium because we do have a baby shark actually on exhibit that we put right front and center so people can see. Uh, it's an interesting shark because it actually hatched out from an egg. That's another thing. People don't realize that not all sharks give live birth. Ours was actually hatched out from an egg in this particular species. So we've got that baby shark if you want to come from, and sing to it. Wow, it came from an egg. I've never heard of that. I didn't know that. That's pretty good. Oh, 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 right? One last question I have you. So... So sharks don't have bones, right? Was it is it cartilage they're made out of? Or Correct. It? Yeah, it's that stuff that's on the end of your nose. It's that stuff in your ears that wiggles. Yes, they are completely made of cartilage. Nice. All right. Very with good. that, uh, Kelly, we will uh, let you go. Thanks. 
so much for talking to us. No worries. Thanks, guys. And, I look forward to having you come down and visit, huh? And and go uh, go Flyers, <laughs> I say. <laughs> Thank you. Go UD. And uh, when can my partner and I come down and swim in the uh, in the Shark Tank? <laughs> Well, I'll let you know when our next feeding day is. How about that? Kelly, we're playing this just for you. We're playing this song just it. for you. All right. I hear it. All right. Take care. Bye, gentlemen. Thanks, uh, Kelly. That was... Uh, see, that's cool. You know, that was cool. Because that shark we think is giant. Giant. That'd be a cool gig, right? Yeah. You, need to, you know, swim with sharks and do all that. That'd be neat. Is this a remix or something? Is this like the Bootsy version of this or something? The Bootsy version. <laughs> uh, so, Rob, how about swimming with those sharks? I'd do it. My two-year-old has a uh, stuffed shark that plays that lovely song. Oh, my gosh. You can't get away from it. My two-year-old granddaughter. Yeah. Oof. If uh, I still think one of the funniest videos I've ever seen is that little girl arguing with Alexa about playing Baby Shark. <laughs> I'm not, have you I haven't seen, seen that? that? Yeah, she's uh, and the and Alexa's going. So you want me to play Baby Shark? And she's like, well, I, you know, she's like two, so you can't really understand her. I'm sorry, I didn't understand you. <laughs> this goes on about four or five times. The little girl's freaking out, like, just play the play song. song. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what do you got? Robert? That's cute. From the U.S. Uh, That's babble.com. Check out that blog, 700wlw.com. All kinds of cool stuff. Crocodile biting a dog. And the dog's like, dude, really? <laughs> the cyclist from nowhere. And this lady is uh, she's like 65-ish, say. She goes totally redneck on this cop. And this cop is even, and he's just trying to give her like a citation. I don't know if it was like for speeding or something. Mm-hmm. And she's just blowing this, this cop off. And the cop's like really trying to help her. Like, ma'am, all you have to do is sign this and you can go. I'm not saying that. Blah, blah, blah. And she <laughs> goes all hillbilly lip. on him, and he finally just goes, you know, you're going to go to jail if you keep doing this. And she just says, I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. And he finally goes, all right, step out of the car, please. <laughs> and she turns, she starts to drive away. He pulls his gun on her like, I don't have any choice, ma'am. Get out of the freaking car. Won't listen. But, uh, but anyways, that and so much more there. Check it out on the uh, so I don't know if you've seen this, Ed, but the kind of the latest trend in food is the meatless burger, yes. right? Meatless meat, correct? Is, is kind of the new thing. And um, well, so- we were talking about having a guest on about that a while back. It was like plant-based meat, and I couldn't figure out what it was. But it's just basically a veggie burger, right? A veggie burger that you know apparently tastes, you know, according to them, more and more like like the real thing, and. Right. Uh, there's a couple of different companies. One of them, the biggest one, is called Beyond Meat Incorporated. Correct. And apparently, uh, their their shares have skyrocketed like eightfold. Their current valuation, of the company, is eleven point eight billion dollars. Okay. And I, I know, like Burger King, for instance, has introduced that Impossible Whopper. Right. Which, uh, which I think is funny because it's like a dollar more than is it direct- really? Yeah. Huh. And I mean, for the longest time, it was like. You go back in, in history, like the peasants ate plants because they couldn't afford sure. meat, right? right? But now people are paying more for the plants because it's like hip and cool and trendy and they think healthy yeah. versus like actual meat. I, I think that's well, absurd. Well, I, I told you off the air. It's like I tried one of those, not a not a Burger King one, but at a restaurant. It, I forget what they call theirs, but more or less same thing. And I tried it. And it's like... It, 
you can't really tell that it's not a hamburger, but you know, you put onion and tomato and lettuce and <laughs> mustard and ketchup and mayo on there with pickles. Guess what? It tastes like a hamburger. You, you could put that <laughs> some seasoned salt on a piece of cardboard and pour all that on be, there, and you're that, doing okay. That'd be correct, sir. <laughs> but, but so a part of this where this you know argument is coming from, and I looked this up, is pretty interesting. Is people talk about basically, you know, their argument is that you know meat, like the beef industry, is uses a ton of resources. For instance, uh, costs it takes thirty six thousand calories of feed to produce a thousand calories of oh, beef. Yeah. One cow requires roughly 1,500 square feet and 430 gallons of water. By comparison, the Impossible Burger takes, you know, requires 87% less water, 96% uh, less land, and, um, and of course, uh, puts off 89% less uh, greenhouse gases. That would be, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Um, but here's the deal, Ed. Isn't there something, like, like something about having the real thing? I, I remember, like, that... You know, that fake ice cream, that no-fat, like, fake ice cream comes out. And oh, yeah, oh, it right. tastes like the real thing. No, right. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah? Well, it's like I told you, but that uh, is it Beyond Meat or Beyond Beef? I, I, I think it's Beyond Meat, right? Uh, beyond Meat, yes. There, I was, uh, we were going through the drives, picking up stuff for a cookout, whatever, a couple of weeks ago. And I saw some of that stuff, and I was like, oh, I'll get some of that, and I'll just try it on my own sometime. So I got some sausages. And they look like brats or Italian sausage yeah. or something. Links, yeah. And I made a couple of them, and uh, and I didn't tell Deb what I was making. So I made these things, and I gave it to her. She goes, what is this? This is awful. <laughs> <laughs> so she didn't pass the taste <laughs> test. And, and, well, say, like I told you, it didn't taste anything like a sausage. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it, it didn't taste like sausage to see, me. See, but I bet if you had you know, cut them up and mixed them up in some eggs with some cheese and some you know green peppers and tomatoes and stuff, you might not Well, exactly. You made an omelet out of it. Right. You don't know. It's just filler at that stage. Something about the real thing, though, Ed. Oh, I hear you, yeah. son. Coming up, we're going to be talking to uh, Ryan Burrow from ABC News about this kid. Uh, he's a, well, he's going to be a phenom in the uh, National League, apparently. But now the news. News Radio 700 WLW. We go to the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline to talk to our friend Ryan Burrow. From ABC News and Ryan, this sounds like uh, your your Cubs might need this kid. What's going on? Uh, man, I can think of a lot of teams that might need him, but yeah, my Cubs uh, especially. This kid's name is uh, Nathan Patterson. Kid, he's 23 years old actually. Um, here's the deal with Nathan. Nathan played a little bit of baseball in high school, but uh, did not uh, go on to play it in college. Uh, he started maybe last year uh, training a little bit, uh, trying to get back into uh, shape of playing baseball. He had played some rec league. Um, apparently, he went to a AAA affiliate game in Nashville and really cranked it up at one of those speed pitch games, you know, where you try to throw the ball as hard as you can, and uh, got up into the mid-90s. Um, and uh, actually was talking with some teams about maybe beginning in their minor league system or at least getting into the system in one form or another, maybe even a low, a low ball or, or maybe one of these independent leagues. Um, but he got into a car accident in December, and that kind of derailed him. Well, uh, in July, he went uh, with his brother to a Colorado Rockies game, uh, picked up a ball in one of these speed pitch machines, and 
got up to 96 miles an hour. His Jeez. brother videoed it. Uh, it posted to Twitter, and, of course, it went viral. And lo and behold, just weeks after that, he has signed a contract with the Oakland A's. So, yeah, pretty incredible story. I mean, this is kind of like that, um, like the real-life story of, of Rockstar. Remember, like, Tim Ripper Owens oh, yeah, took over right? for Rob Halford because he was, like, just in, like, a cover band or something? Right, Judas Priest cover yeah. band that he took over. Yeah, wanted, wanted to actually be in the band. So this guy's going to get, well, look, I mean, he has the thing that you can't teach, which is he can throw 96, right? I mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of the deal. Yeah, now can he throw strikes is the question, right? Well, <laughs> there, yeah. there's that little picky thing. <laughs> you got to be able to throw it, you know, over the plate. Uh, well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, here in town, Ryan, you know, obviously, the, you know, the cowboy Jeff Brantley, former pitcher, does the does the uh, the analyst uh, on on the Reds radio games, and you know, amazing pitcher. And he always talks about the difference between pitchers and throwers. You know, he, his point is there's a lot of throwers out there, but a pitcher is much different. A pitcher can put the ball in the spots you need the ball to go and, and that sort of thing. So it's, you know, I, I, great well, the kid can throw mind, it fast, but yeah. Hmm? Keep in mind, too, I mean, if you could throw 96 miles an hour, I'm sure they'd love you at a quarter outfield position. I'm sure, uh, you know, a shortstop position may work if you're throwing from your knees and, and have to throw 96 across the field. Very versatile. If you can throw uh, 96 miles an hour, there are plenty of opportunities for you in Major League Baseball. All right, with that, Ryan, we'll let you go, man. Thanks so much. All right, yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. There's uh, Ryan Burrow, ABC News. I mean, but that, but it's stories like that. You know, we always talk about. At least I remember talking about this with with uh, uh, Doc Rogers on the when did the extra inning show back in the day, and you know about how you know there's these kids that are going to these AAU things and the you know the these sh- showcase leagues and they're like sure. 12 years old and they got the radar gun behind them and stuff like that and you know it's hurting a lot of these kids' arms. And you always, and always, I just feel like it gets a lot of just coach speak kind of things, and just it's all pure words when people are like, "Oh, it's not about how hard you throw, and we need to look at more on working on your skills as a pitcher." But here, here's another story where a young kid who wants to be a pitcher is going, "Wait a minute, this kid all he's got to do is throw 96, and he's going to get a shot." Right. So it kind of just throws throws water on top of that whole thing of, "Oh, we're, we want to get away from the guys that just throw hard." You're right. Well, that's exactly. This might be a little show, you know. This is stuff that Charlie Finley used to do for the A's. Pick up some circus freaky thing and sign him to a small contract. Yeah, you know, like, like, like Tebow, like, right? You Correct. sign Tebow to kind of be, I, you might be on to something with that. So in other news, did you, the, we were talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he was talking about how he moved into this apartment and it only became available because the lady, the old lady who lived there before him, had died, and they found her after a couple of weeks, and her dogs had eaten her, what? part of her, at what? least part. Of, yeah, yeah. Well, the same thing happened in uh, Chicago. This uh, lady hadn't been uh, old, eighty-year-old lady, had been missing for a while, and her cousin went to check on her. After a while, I kept calling her, and no answer. It was Thanksgiving weekend. She had been living in this, uh, it was actually in Detroit, my bad, I thought it was Chicago, but she wasn't answering her phone over Thanksgiving weekend. So her cousin went looking for her only to discover that her eccentric cousin had been leading a hellish existence surrounded by filth, rats, feces, and mountains of clutter. In the end, it swallowed her whole, it said. The uh, figure that's, uh, when she walked in and... <laughs> There was a 
body sitting. She thought it was a Halloween, a leftover Halloween prank. She walked in and slumped over in a chair in the living room was uh, this, like I said, monster looking corpse thing with no eyes, no nose, no mouth, just hair on the skull and bones sticking out from under a red sweater and plaid pants. So she had died in filth and nobody knew it. And her dog started eating on her. Oh, my God. She uh, was sitting in a nylon blue lawn chair uh, in her kitchen. She was surrounded by garbage a foot deep, empty sardine cans, stacks of greeting cards, takeout bags, burned out appliances, and dirt-stained walls. Now, you know, I can think of a lot lot of ways I want to die. That's down the list. That ain't on it. Let me ask you this. Could you buy that house? Say you walk up in this house like, God, this is your, you know, this is my That's dream a good house. Question. I don't and know. the realtor goes, well, you know, you heard about this story in the paper, or, you know, where old Lassie ate uh, Ethel. Well, it happened right there in the kitchen. Could you buy that house? That's I no. Well, you know, dime on the dollar, get in there and just have it. Just power washed and, you know. Uh, even with all that. See, my wife, I, I guarantee if she's listening to this, she would say, N-O. If it was like a like a castle, like our dream, <laughs> no, no way. So in the uh, as the cousin going through, she had been eaten by her her dog and rats. When she walked through the house, she found her deceased Rottweiler, who uh, died of no heat in the house. Rat chewed mattresses, squid like fungi growing out of the walls, and dirt crusted floorboards. That sagged so much that the cousin fell through the kitchen floor. So apparently this I mean, this woman had never had anybody over her house in like a decade or apparently, something? Apparently. I don't know. But there's pictures of her house there. We should put that on the blog. But it is just absolutely sick. Boy, Ed, you sure know how to pick the happy Friday topics. I know. But I, just, I, I just wanted to. <laughs> I just, you know, there's just, you hear stuff like that. I'm like, what in the hell? God, no, that, I mean, that, that is beyond bizarre well coming up we're going to be talking about movies we'll we'll switch gears here a little bit that one was a non-starter rob if you know what i'm saying lassie would not do that lassie would have gone and gotten gramps that's right yeah timmy here i know that for a fact (laughs) have you seen that show yes lassie would have eaten her kibble Ooh, what's that? And, and left alone <laughs> Granny's bits. That's a family show, Rob. Right, come on, man. <laughs> Don't start that kind of talk here. Huh. What do you think this is? <laughs> From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health's Addiction Service. Cincinnati. All right, around about this time on every Friday, we go to the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline to talk to our movie guy. Kevin Carr, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing good, buddy. Excellent. What are we talking about today? Well, the big release this weekend is Hobbs and Shaw. It's, of course, the uh, it's a it's a spinoff from the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, even to the point where it says, I think the title of the movie is officially Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. I think so. Yes. And it takes Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham, the characters they played in those movies, and put them together as uh, un, uh, unlikely and uh, not always cooperative partners in trying to track down 
uh, Idris Elba, who is trying to get a, uh, a a virus that can wipe out humanity. So it's it's essentially an insane James Bond plot. And if you thought the last couple Fast and Furious movies they made were you know, too even-keeled and didn't have enough action. And <laughs> were, you know, were boring and, 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 and relied too much on, on physics and logic with their uh, stunts. Uh, you're going to love this movie because it just tosses all that out and turns into essentially like a, a, a Roadrunner cartoon version of a Fast and Furious film, uh, which... You know, I'm, I'm, that's not even really a complaint. That's just more of describing it because it goes from these crazy, over-the-top, impossible action sequences to them having sort of witty banter, uh, and they actually work well together on screen. They're uh, they're both kind of tough guys, but have their different molds, so they kind of fit together quite well. Uh, and and that, that's really what it is. It's over the top. It's absurd. It's silly, uh, but it is entertaining. I mean, what makes these movies work? I mean, including all the Fast and Furious, what is it, like eight or nine, it's, something like that? I think nine, if okay. you count the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. So, so what works? I mean, is it just, I mean, who doesn't like cars and explosions? And I mean, The Rock's a great actor, and the other guy's a great actor. Is that kind of what it comes down to? Yeah, and the Fast and Furious films have, they, they went from being like, if you look back to the first one, which I think was almost 20 years ago, uh, yeah, they really. were just yeah. like stealing VCRs. So it was such a mundane setup for a movie compared to what they have now. Uh, around the fifth movie, they, they kind of jettisoned the whole street racing thing and were like, hey, let's make this like a James Bond movie. And uh, they, they go completely bonkers. Like the last one, I believe the climactic fight scene battle was uh, like a submarine versus like a uh, you know a Lamborghini and a, <laughs> and a shark and a lion. Right? <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's literally what was going on in the last last movie. They're so over the top, but they become uh, and, and it's like it's they're, they're they're Looney Tune cartoons. They're over the top and crazy and and absurd and silly, but they're entertaining. They're well constructed. They got actors that people tend to like. Uh, I think the biggest difference between this one is whether or not sort of getting rid of, like, uh, Vin Diesel and the whole gang, because they have almost an Ocean's Eleven group of people that, that are the good guys, and just focusing on these two, whether that's going to be a good mix, whether it's going to freshen everything up, or whether people are going to say, hey, this isn't as good as the other ones. I don't know, though, man. you got The Rock and, and Statham together. That's uh, yeah. that's pretty, you know, you got some headliners yeah. there. <laughs> They're great. I mean, yeah, it's the Scorpion King versus the trans, uh, Transporter at this one. You know, <laughs> so nice. The it's... most, the funniest part is The Rock is so much bigger than Jason Statham. They have to creatively shoot around it so it doesn't look like he's dwarfing him the whole time. Really? Okay, yeah. interesting. I didn't know Statham was a, was a short guy. I mean, obviously he's a big guy. Well, but... com- well compared to the compared well, how to tall is the, Yeah, but how tall is he? I don't even know. You know, I don't know off the top of my head. I, I have to even look it up, but uh, there, there was a there's a still from the movie or a, a promotional thing, and they look the same size, and I'm like, well, that's Photoshop, because that's not true. Um, but they, they do a good job kind of keeping them, uh, you know, adversarial, but also friends, and... Yeah, I mean, this is essentially like the last Fast and Furious movie, only with the, you know, slightly different cast. And, and, and like, let's not forget Idris Elba, who plays basically a bionic 
soldier who, uh, you know, is riding around on a motorcycle. Of course. Of course. <laughs> movie had a Lamborghini fight in a sub. Now you got a bionic guy. I saw, I, I think I, 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 this weekend, Kevin, I saw the one you're talking about. It was like they're out on the ice and then they, yeah. they have like snowmobiles and like all these like sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden the, the one guy pulls up in like a $400,000 red Ferrari. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. How did that thing get in the Antarctic Ocean? Like, how did this happen? Well, the best part about that is they're, like, talking to each other over this, like, wireless commander. And at one point, Vin Diesel's driving. He's like, I'm going to try something. Follow my lead. I'm like, how do you coordinate this giant stunt with just, I'm trying something. Follow my lead. But he's got this, like, souped-up truck, but the instead of wheels, it's like, um... Like snowmobile tracks. Like, yeah, like tracks. yeah. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm watching that. These movies, they sound like these 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 action set pieces are designed by six year olds after eating too much candy and uh-huh. just putting their their toys together in weird ways and saying, "Hey, let's put this one on motorcycle bikes and and we're just going to ride this down the road." All right, Kevin. So we are the topic we're going to do as we always do after we do your segment on Friday is we do a movie topic. It's going to be. Best, since this is kind of a cop movie, best cop movie. So according to Kevin yeah. Carr, what's the best cop or cop character in a movie? Uh, you know, my favorite, if you're going to talk just buddy cop movie, i got to go with The Lethal Weapon. Yeah, that's, that's uh, hard to Lethal Weapon's awesome. That's, that's, that, you know, and, and I found out, you know, like a couple of years ago, I was older than Danny Glover was when he did the first one, and he was already then too old for this you-know-what. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, he was he was young. He played he played like he was like in his early forties when he played fifty and getting ready for retirement. Really? All right. Well, I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. And with right. that, Kevin, we'll let you go, man. Thanks so much. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, See, Kevin. Kevin Carr, fat guys at the movies. So yeah, we'll, uh, let's do that. How about best cop movie? Not you don't have to be buddy cop movies. Yeah, just, just cop movies. Cop movies. And and yeah, and I think it's more focused on on the character and why you like that person playing that character as a cop. Well, you know what's going to win. We want to have to get into the dirty hairy thing, but it's a matter of which you, right, you know what? Let's take dirty hairy off the table cuz that's that's too easy. That is easy. Let's I, take dirty okay, hairy off grand. the table. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one pounds seven hundred on AT and T. We'll get to your calls after the news right now. News Radio seven hundred W L W. I know this uh, Hobbs and Shaw movie isn't a cop movie, but we started talking. You know, they're more or less cops. They're chasing down a bionic <laughs> man. 
bionic Who's trying Tyrannosaurus. to destroy the world. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyways, all we got to talking about best cop movies you've ever seen. Yeah, best cop movies or even also we will take your calls on just just best cop characters. Right. right? And, and again, we have taken... Dirty Harry Jake is the king. Jake Clint Eastwood that's, as Dirty Harry off the table. That's, that's too the, easy. That's the gold standard, and everybody's going to say Dirty Harry. Correct. So, anyways, your thoughts. seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. And, Charlie, you're first up, buddy. What do you got? Yo, Charlie. Hey, I, you know, this is kind of a vigilante. It's an old movie, vigilante cop. Charles Bronson and all those movies when he was just kind of Going back, remember they killed his wife, and then he went Death after him. Death Death yeah, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's yeah, it. that's good stuff. I was, that's older, but it's a good, good movie. Heck yeah, man. It's hard to argue with Charles Bronson. Did you see they re, the redid a redone version of that? with um, I think it was Bruce Willis, wasn't it? Yeah. What? Bruce Willis? Yeah. They, it was a couple of years ago. It wasn't good. Of course it wasn't. There's only one Death Wish. Bingo. It's Charles Thank Bronson. You. Okay. Cause I, I thought you were going to say it was like Justin Bieber's. No, Charles Bronson. Bruce Willis was a you know, god at least, but uh, yeah, it wasn't good. How about you, John? What do you got, buddy? Favorite cop movie? Yeah, great topic. So, uh, all-time favorite is Denzel Washington and Training Day, specifically that scene where they roll the drug dealer Roger Donald Sutherland. Uh, it's just such an intense. Um, Seen in that movie. That's a good uh, one. Got to watch it over and over again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, thanks. John, that's a really good one. I've never seen that. I've. I've. It's, it's been a while. So when did that movie come out? Uh, it's, it's been 15, 20 years. I was going to say easily twenty years. I would say. Yeah, it's been a while, but that was that was. A cool no, movie. I've always heard it's good. He was intense in that movie. Ooh. Greg, what's going on with you? Favorite cop movie? Ah, uh, Cobra. So yes, the, uh, that was uh, mine. That God, movie. was he cool in that movie or I, what? He was cool, uh, and I love the scene where he's um, uh, it's kind of like a side plot, whatever. This guy's robbing the grocery store, and the guy's <laughs> like, if, "If you come over here, I'm going to blow this thing sky high." And then Sylvester Stallone, classic Stallone uh, fashion, says, "Well, I'll shove you." He was so he's so cool. He had those like black Ray Bans. Uh, I remember he had that. the Uzi and he had the Max in his in his mouth. He always chewed on. God, he was. Had cool. the drove the uh, classic truck. I mean, dude, that movie had it all. Yes, it did. Thanks, Greg. That was mine. Great. I uh, know. No, we just had somebody drop. I think that was theirs too. <laughs> Frankie, what's going on with you, buddy? Favorite cop movie. Hey Eddie, hey Rocky, how about a cop movie where the where the bad guy is the hero and the cop is the villain, and that movie is Unforgiven. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll take that answer. That's a good one. A little bit, and then a second up of a follow up. One that I think the modern classic of cop movies has got to be uh, No Country for Old Men. Uh, I mean, it's just fantastic. Yeah, you know, those are two really good choices. I wouldn't have that thought of really those, is good. but but I mean, Tommy Lee Jones and No Country for Old Men, and then. Obviously, whoever the weirdo serial killer guy is is awesome. Hey, Martin, what's <laughs> going on with you? Talking about cop movies. Yo, Martin. Hey, Eddie, how are you? Good, buddy. What do you got? Hey, I. you know me. I used to come into place where I worked. Okay. That narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. What bar you is it? Came in. You got a salmon salad. Uh, that would be her. Yeah, but anyways, Martin, what do you got? I got three for you. Okay. Rush Hour, 
Okay. Uh, Heat That's and Die Hard. All right, so Al Pacino in Heat is is a great call. And thanks, yeah, Martin. Great... Good to talk to you, man. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, well, yeah, I never even thought about Die Hard. That is a good one. You didn't think about Die Hard? Well, I wasn't thinking about it. I, I don't think about it in terms of cops. I think about that as an action movie. But yeah, he's a cop. So yeah. Heat's a good one. Gosh, one of my hey, Steve, what's going? Quit rubbing it in. That I haven't seen that. My hey, wife won't watch uh, it with me. He said, she said, oh, that's too long. Uh, so, Steve, what do you got, buddy? Um, well, you've never come in any place I work, and I thought he was going to say Rush Hour 1, Rush Hour 2, and Rush Hour 3. Um, <laughs> that would have been the best. <laughs> but I got, I got one from the 60s and one from the 80s. The one from the 60s, obviously, Bullet, obviously. Oh, that's a great one right there. And then the one from the 80s, is it's kind of like Unforgiven, where the cops are really the bad guys, is to live and die in L.A. I don't know if I know that. Oh, man, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, the, the cop was, it was William Peterson. You know, he's all fine and dandy on NCI, but he was a he was an SOB on that movie. SOB. Yeah, okay. thanks, man. Uh, Randy, talking about cop movies, what do you got? Hey, Eddie, this one here, Rocky probably won't remember, but it's really not a movie. It's more of a drama series. But it was police woman back in the seventies when we were all teenagers and we had that hot Angie Dickinson. Oh man, yeah. What was it called? Co- police woman. Police woman. Police woman. Okay. And uh, Angie Dickinson. Do you know who she is? Old actress. I think so. I think so. She was at her. Would you not agree, Randy? She was at the peak hotness for Angie Dickinson then. Yeah, she was really hot back. You know, we were all teenage boys back in the seventies. Couldn't wait to watch whatever was coming on next. Damn. Next week. Damn. Oh, tootin'. I got a picture. Yeah, she's that's she's when, an attractive uh, woman. That's when, like, the Three's Company and all that stuff, you only watched the show because there were hot women on it when you were a kid. Angie <laughs> <laughs> Dickinson hung out with the Rat Pack, with oh, Sinatra and all those guys. Mm. Think about that, huh? Yeah. She's got a couple of stories. Yes. Mary, what's going on with you? Your favorite cop movie? Well, my favorite one is uh, Beverly Hills Cop 1 with Eddie Murphy. You can't go wrong with that. I was going to say, that yeah. is a good one. Funny and action-packed. Great. And we were, and I don't I hope I'm not stealing anybody's movie, but I wanted to, before I forget this, we talked about The Unforgiven and movies where the cop is bad and the outlaws are, are good. The Quick and the Dead. You ever seen that? With Gene Hackman's The Gene Sheriff? Gene Hackman, yeah. He's like born to play like a Correct. twisted, sinister cop kind of thing. What was his name? Little, I think it's Little Bill in that. No, that was, Little Bill was he was un, was Unforgiven, I think. Oh, was that? I'm yeah, getting confused. Yeah. But are you sure about that? I don't. Well, whatever. Yeah. But anyways, he is a total badass in that, and Russell Crowe is in it playing a preacher. Okay. And he's torturing Russell Crowe. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, and a young Leo DiCaprio is in that. Really playing okay. a gunslinger guy. I I, I feel like I remember the. Like the movie poster, but I never, I've never seen the movie. Sharon Stone's in it. She was uh, kind of at her yes, peak. Yeah. Hey, Dave, what's going on with you, buddy? Talking about cop movies. Man, one of mine actually is a, is a comedy. It's Blazing Saddles. You got Sheriff Bart and the Waco Kid. Absolutely. <laughs> you made that a happy yes. man. He's gleaming from ear to ear. I hope somebody was going to, like <laughs> I, I said the other last week or whenever it was, we just had our annual Fingers family viewing of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> and every time it makes me laugh. Hey, Sam, what's going on with you? Your favorite cop movie? Mel Gibson, Lethal Weapon. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about. It. See, I kind of like Lethal Weapon two though too a lot. Yeah. I, didn't I remember. Ca- I didn't care much for three, but number two is when they go against those South African guys. Is one or the one where he tells a story about like you know shooting a guy from a thousand yards, and he's like, "There's yes. one or two people in the world that can make that shot." Yes. That was a cool line. That's Mr. Jericho is uh, Gary Busey. Ah, and he's yeah. like nuts. <laughs> he's to hold his hand over that lighter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's going on with you, Tom? Favorite cop movie? The Punisher. Oh, the yeah, Punisher. yeah. That is a good one. That is pretty good. I can't believe you haven't said Predator. I'm sure you were going to find some cop connection to Predator. <laughs> Actually, one of, the, one of the characters in a previous... <laughs> Life before joining the, you know, Rangers. Sure. Well, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> yes. uh, hey, Joel, your favorite cop movie. What is it, man? Yeah, my favorite one is with uh, Michael Pena and Jake Gyllenhaal called End of Watch. It's the newer one. You know what? I know of that movie. I've never seen it, but I understand that was pretty good, huh? Go watch it. It's probably one of the most accurate depictions of, like, police life in uh, Los Angeles. It's is that the one where he's like, a, he's like a... Like an ambulance chasing, like kind of uh, no, that's no, a no, that's guy? Uh, uh, like Night Stalker. Or yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this is a different. It's fantastic. Go watch it. But What's it called again? End of, End watch. of watch. Isn't right. it? Doesn't uh, isn't Jake Gyllenhaal kind of a badass in that though? Something? Oh yeah, they they both are. I mean, it is. It's one of the saddest, craziest movies ever. It is awesome. Go watch it. All right then. How about you, Mike? What do you got? Favorite cop movie? Uh, well, I would say uh, technically Kurt Russell was a. Uh, was a cop in Tombstone. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. That's and, then, and then you can't forget about the Untouchables either with uh, Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah. That was good. He plays what? Uh, Elliot Ness, right? Elliot Ness and uh, Sean Connery in that movie is on fire. Yes. That scene where he was it's Al Pacino beats him up with a, the guy with a baseball bat at dinner. Right? Isn't that, isn't that happened in that movie? Yeah. That's uh, no, that's De Niro. It's or De Niro. Pacino, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Opportunity? Yeah. Yeah, but he yeah he wheels out the baseball bat and just takes a guy. God, that was wild. That's brutal. Ooh. Hey, Josh, what's going on with you? Favorite cop movie? Yo, Josh. Yeah, uh, I would have to say it would be quick. Three ten to Yuma. Thank you. That was my other choice, man. I was going to bring that up, but that movie is really underrated. I never heard anybody talk about that movie, and that movie is really good. That's uh, Russell Crowe, right? Russell Crowe and uh, Christian Bale plays the sheriff, and uh, these guys are coming to town. To they're on the three ten to Yuma, and uh, they're going to extract a little uh, revenge. (laughs) Hey, Russ, what's going on with you? Favorite cop movie? Uh, I can't believe this hasn't been mentioned, but Forty Eight Hours and another Forty Eight Hours. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to throw this out there too: Escape from New York. Kurt Russell was pretty bad in that. I've not seen it, but I know he, that's a classic oh, really? character. Oh, yeah. I saw that a long time ago, man. That is a good one. What about you, Keith? What do you have? A film called The Q. It stars John Wayne, and he didn't play a cop very often, but this was one of his last movies. Yeah, I and, remember uh, that movie, yeah. Yeah, he drove a GTO, real green-looking GTO in that movie, and it got crushed between two garbage trucks. And, and the, the famous line from it was that he's sitting in this car, and they come up to him, and he said, up to his ass and gas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks, nice. buddy. Hey, Matt, what do you got? Favorite cop movie? 
I'll tell you what, I don't know if it's been mentioned yet or not, but uh, being former law enforcement myself, one of the most realistic ones is a movie called Rush. I don't know who stars in it. I know Greg Allman is in it. Um, he's kind of the bad guy, but it's uh, a male and female partner, and they kind of get a little deep into uh, into their uh, right. supply. Right, I remember that movie. Yeah, they. Got... And then there's another one, Deep Cover, with Lawrence Fishburne that's really good. Remember Deep See, Cover? That's uh, no Rush. I remember that. It's um, like he said, they they start getting into their supply. They're starting to do drugs. They're like undercover, and they start. To, they become they're actually in other words. Yes. Really? Okay. All right, we got Tony Pike coming up. That was a again. We're having some. We have some good topics here. People are getting okay. into it. What about you, Rob? Favorite cop movie of all time? Wow. Um, I had. Uh, well, it wasn't a movie, but the TV show NYPD Blue was awesome. That was a good show. Yeah, RoboCop. Oh, God. I never even thought about RoboCop. Rob, that. you just moved up two spots in my book. Great call. What about, what about Judge Dredd? I am the law. You just moved back down Thank two you. spots. <laughs> you just subtracted. Net zero. Much. Hey, it wasn't really a cop movie, but uh, Bruce Willis's remake of Death Wish was pretty good. Oh, God, shut up. It was. That was not good. You didn't like it? No. There was one. We, we said this. You must not have been listening, but there was one person that can play death wish and it's charles, charles bronson. bronson correct yeah. all right no, yeah, well, another minus was, minus two story was different though <laughs> see in that loss that's not good okay uh robocop was good the remake wasn't <laughs> no no that was weird uh, yes that should bring me up at least a half a point no. from the ucl <laughs> this is the training camp report with tony Pike on 700 wlw <laughs> The home of the best Bengals coverage. All right, Rock. We got our buddy Tony Pike at uh, camp. Uh, have they? Have they? I'm assuming they've broken camp by now. Yeah, got done today about four fifty. Got off the field, and, and really, that's that's been the the theme. Uh, practices start at three. They go through individual. They go through stretching. Really, about I would say ninety minutes of of hard practice today, and, and a practice that. Uh, for the second consecutive time now, we've seen the, the offense start off great. Josh Malone made some great plays, and as practice rolls on, uh, the defense starts to dominate, and, and that was the case today. Carl Lawson is on an absolute tear. No one, uh, I'm making the statement right now, the Bengals don't have an offensive line uh, player right now that can block Carl Lawson. He beat Cordy Glenn on two straight snaps. He looks to be uh, in midseason form already, Carl wow. Lawson does, but Still some, some problems on the offensive line that, that honestly, I mean, you're, you're running out of practices now before they need to get fixed before you go to, uh, to Arrowhead Stadium. Now, Tony, I mean, clarify, because an offensive line kind of not being on the same page and not working together is one thing. An offensive yep. lineman whose I mean, skills aren't up to the task is, is another. Where, where are we at right now? Well, these, these, the, the two today back-to-back on Cordy Glenn was that it was just one-on-one. Cordy Glenn versus Carl Lawson off the edge. Lawson beat him both times and would have put a pretty bad hit on Andy Dalton on both of them. So uh, I, I understand, you know, we're, we're in a position now where defense is going to be ahead of the offense a little bit at this time of camp. And, and that's, that's still to be determined. And obviously the defense can throw more out there. Uh, but up to this point, you know, Zach Taylor said earlier today he plans to play the starters preseason game one. And if that's the case, you know, Kansas City's going to throw loop games and they're going to play 
defensive line front and, and throw different things at you. And what we've seen this far in camp, the line hasn't been able to pick it up because they're trying to rotate so many guys in there. So I don't know how you feel about throwing a, you know, your starting quarterback in there against a line that, you know, I, I think the line can get there. But right now it just doesn't seem like they're ready. So are you guys, um, what do you think, because you mentioned it earlier talking to Tony Pike, you mentioned it earlier, Tony, they've only got like, what, three more practices, four more practices before they have that uh, first preseason game. Do you, yeah, so uh, they'll, go, they'll go family day tomorrow inside the stadium. They'll have an off day Sunday. They'll practice Monday and Tuesday, off Wednesday, practice Thursday, and they're on the road Friday. So wow. including tomorrow, four practices. And, and you know, if, if you're expected these these starters to play against Kansas City, uh, there's still a ways to go in those four practices. That's not saying that there has been, you know, individual standouts. I think, like I said, Josh Malone has looked well. Martin Tate's looked good at times. Uh, Tyler Eifert looks healthy. Uh, but, but there's been far more standouts on the defensive side of the ball and still a lot to clean up. And, and, and um, Rocky, you'll appreciate this because of, of your style of football. There was a time today they were doing third and short. And if you don't get the first down, you're going to hustle up the line and, and go for it on fourth down. Joe Mixon ran the ball. He came up just short. He celebrated a little bit. Zach Taylor yells to get back, to get set up. The offense is going on two. Joe Mixon jumps off sides. And that was the last snap that Joe Mixon saw in that period. So setting the tone early that, you know, if you're not doing your job and, and you know, you're not getting it done, you're going to be held accountable. Really, I, I like thing. that. So he yeah. said, "Look, yeah. you're, you're, we're done here today, son. Right? Then think yeah. about that a little bit. I like that. Yeah, make a, hey, you're, you know, you're, you're going to put the team first. You got to be locked in and, and making that statement. He was out. Giovanni Bernard was in. There was a, a little bit scarier moment at the end of practice in the last team drill. Billy Price and, and Andy Dalton mishandled a snap, which we saw last year, and Billy Price hobbled off the field after that on the same ankle yeah. that we've seen the problem on." He, uh, he seemed to be walking fine after practice. See how it does after, uh, obviously, he uh, takes the tape off and, and maybe get a little swelling there. But uh, that was really the only concern today, that the missed snap and, and uh, Billy Price limping off. And it was hard to tell if he would have been back in there as it happened with only about three plays left in practice. All right. With that, Tony, we'll let you go, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Good stuff. Right. Thanks, Tony. You too, buddy. This has been the Training Camp Report on 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.